Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dynasty Force Podcast. Ran a little late tonight. That's all my fault. So I will take the credit for that. But we are here with Dynasty Buys this episode. Guys that we are actively pursuing in our dynasty leagues guys that we recommend you pursuing for whatever reason value uh upside what whatever we got going on and with me today as always billy briz the almighty how's it going buddy it's going pretty well man a little tired had a long day um last podcast of the day got some dfs lineups and then the challenge tonight This man and the challenge has, it's like an un, unseen love for a reality show. Actually, um, one of my coworkers, her name is Jenna. She, uh, she's been trying to talk me into getting into a fantasy league for The Bachelor. Um, no idea. Oh, and you not- don't want this smoke, man. You don't <laughs> want this smoke, man. I'm telling no, you, you be playing on The Bachelor on uh, FanDuel. When uh, FanDuel has this contest up, me and my girlfriend then be grinding out this contest. <laughs> we actually won the challenge, I want to say, one of the weeks over the summer when they first started doing it in the beginning of quarantine. She actually took down a uh, prize pool of like oh, 8,000 really? people, man. Damn. That is – couldn't be me. Um, <laughs> as we move on, we have two guests with us today, more than just one. Uh, with us for the first time in a while – um, it's been too long since we've had Detroit Beastie on the pod. Chris coming in from the uh, the Motor City itself. How's it going, buddy? It's great. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's been, I don't want to say love and hate it. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. It has nothing to do with hate. <laughs> it's all love, but uh, our schedules haven't connected. But tonight we're on the same wavelength. So uh, happy to be here and uh, we can chat it up. Started off hot. Billy said my shirt was fantastic before we were live, so uh, I love the energy going here tonight, guys. It is, it is bright. It is like a nice Twitter bird blue, and it <laughs> lights up my day. Um, and with us, I had to bring him back after a great episode a few weeks ago. FF Superflex Guru on Twitter, Trey Tyndall. How is it going? Welcome back, buddy. Hey, thanks for, uh, you know, extending the invitation again. Uh, I'm glad I can come on with Detroit Beastie. You know, he's almost as electric as his new head coach. Um, he, you know, Dan Campbell had like a two-hour press conference, you know, no big deal. Uh, but uh, I am excited to be back, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dan Campbell, Chris, are you going to bite someone's kneecap off in this episode? No, absolutely not. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I'm not going to get like on a crazy tangent here, but people were saying it was uh, very cringy. It was very weird for them. And those are the same people that are are, are posting their own news or they have. You know, there's a lot of social media justice warriors here and you they always have to point out what's what someone did wrong, what someone did here. Relax and focus on yourself, people. Dan Campbell's just an excited guy, first-time head coach. He's a younger guy, comes into a, like in a historically bad franchise, and he's excited. Let the guy have some fun. It was a nice breath of fresh air here in the city, but 
again, people have to judge everything. So, no, I won't be biting kneecaps, and I, I back Dan Campbell and the Lions 100%. <laughs> Um, hey, I'll if say you this. want to install, if you want to install all the, the idea of physicality, you talk about biting someone's kneecap off in the opening press conference, I guess. Uh, Trey, you were going to say? Hey, I would rather have a head coach go on a crazy tangent like Ben Campbell than did than having Adam Gase come in and just have crazy eyes. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Crazy eyes. Or Jason Garrett and the clapping. Never know. Anyway, People on this episode, <laughs> on this episode today, we have, as I mentioned, Dynasty Buys. We have a nice little discussion about really the only piece of news that has, piece of relevant news, we'll say, that has dropped in the last week or so. Um, and I'll get some Super Bowl takes going on out here, too. And I actually just remembered Bill and I have some quick hits to hit from last week's podcast as well so is that um without two, further ado two and <laughs> uh, two and did i go to an o last week i don't know i definitely I don't know. picked the what are you talking back about back weeks trey was you trey did was pick here. the bucks you did he did i i was there i was there don't you dare try to Rob, you want me to humble Billy real quick? Last time we got together to play DFS, I absolutely buried oh, him. Yeah. I haven't heard nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I completely forgot what Billy was talking about, but now that I remembered, obviously, yeah, he's picked. He did pick Tampa Bay and Kansas City last week, so that did uh, that did work out for him. But for our quick question for the main piece of news. And it's only right that we have Detroit Beastie on this episode to talk about it with. Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions have mutually agreed to part ways. So I'll kick it over to Chris first. Um, where where would you like to see him go? Where do you think it's most realistic that he goes? Well, thank you for leading with me here. And to be honest with you, I, I don't just talk on things just to talk about them. If I'm not well-informed, you know, I normally take a back seat. You know, that's just how I am. And I don't know where he's going to go. I just want to say that Matthew Stafford leaving here, I've talked about it on numerous broadcasts for the last month or so. I think it's a good decision. Uh, there's no ill will here between me personally and the city of Detroit for Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's a fantastic guy. His wife and him were very good in the city. And I think it's right. The Detroit Lions owe that to Matthew Stafford to let him move on and go elsewhere. On a side note, I did hear that the San Francisco 49ers uh, look to be the favorites here to land him. And in some ways, I think that a draft pick and even getting Fred uh, Warner back for the Lions would be fantastic. The Lions have been searching for a stud linebacker for years. They've wasted dozens of second-round picks on linebackers, and none of them have panned out. So to get a draft selection and a young stud sideline-to-sideline guy like Fred Warner from San Francisco, that would be great. But as a whole, you know, to tie this thing up here, I don't care where Matthew Stafford goes. I want him to succeed and do well wherever he goes. He's given his heart and his soul here to the city, and, uh, you know, I wish him nothing but the best as he moves on uh, in his career here. Yeah. um, San Francisco would be interesting. I believe that Matt Stafford is better than kind of the situations he's been in uh, in recent years. So I would like to see that San Francisco situation because they have a pretty 
strong offensive mind in place. They have a solid offensive line uh, options. Shane, Sklidani commenting. Indy, ClapGod253 on Twitter. Um, I also like the Indy option a lot. That was the one that immediately came to mind. He also commented before, love all these guys except Trey, of course. Trey, rebuttal? Hey, I mean, the only thing I have to say is I took a lot of money from that guy week 14, 15, and 16. Players, that's all I got to say. Um, no ill will there. Um, I definitely, you know, I remember you talking about that. Trey, um, what do you think the Lions are likely to do to replace him? Draft someone at seven? I mean, I really like the idea. I would have liked the idea of Matthew Stafford staying there and them drafting Zach Wilson. But um, obviously, Matthew Stafford wants to leave. So I would like the idea of what, uh, you know, Chris said about trying to get Fred Warner because they do need a defensive you know, stead on their defense because, you know, like you said, they got Jared Davis and, you know, five other rookies that they tried to bring in. They all didn't really pan out. Um, but I would like for them to draft Zach Wilson. And if they don't want that, um, I don't know, maybe bring in a veteran. I'd, but I don't know who quite who they would bring in because their offense is a whole mess this, this season with that. They don't have any wide receivers either. So, yeah, uh, Kenny Galladay is a free agent. Marvin Jones is a free agent. Marvin Jones. I feel like they're more likely to bring back Jones, but he doesn't really fit the timeline if they're looking at the future. Um, my only, I mean, I know Jameis Winston's a free agent, uh, so he's a potential target, possibly. Um, but that, you know, you, you start to question about timelines again, so who really knows? Um, I mean, Bill, is there anything else you want to touch on on this uh, Matthew Stafford topic and where you'd like to see him next year? Uh, anywhere where there's good receivers because uh, it's about to sound like terrible analysis, but he's a good thrower of the football. So if you put some <laughs> receivers around him, he'll look pretty good. How would you like him in Denver throwing to Cortland Hell, Sutton and Jerry Judy? Nah, man. Denver's just got a bad, 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 bad. Or around them, right? Now. They can't win for fucking losing. <laughs> I um, I will say that maybe something in their favor is that John Elway is no longer their GM, and uh, it's uh, about time, man. He's honestly like, if you really think about it, he might be one of the worst GMs in like all the sports. Uh, he did he did sign Peyton Manning though. Bro, he signed Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh, fucking impressive out of the eight quarterbacks that they missed out on. Uh, um, I believe he was promoted actually, but, uh, I don't think he oversees player personnel anymore, which is important, um, within the franchise. So, uh, yeah, I think we've talked about most of the Matthew Stafford topics. Um, the quick point from last week that I wanted to hit on really quick, Billy and I came out with our 2020 season awards last week, and I posted some polls on Twitter uh, to run through the listeners' opinions on who should win the award. So, real quick, let's run it down the results. Um, fantasy MVP, 41% of the vote went to Travis Kelsey. So, basically, everyone uh, was in favor of Travis Kelsey on that one. Uh, I, we, Bill and I both took Travis Kelsey on that one. Uh, fantasy most improved player. The winner was David Montgomery at 37%. 
which is interesting because Bill and I both took wide receivers. He took DK Metcalf. I took Calvin Ridley. So a little difference of opinion there. Fancy comeback player of the year. Uh, most people voted for Aaron Rodgers. There was a few people who voted Alex Smith. Um, Didn't I put David Montgomery in that category? You did. Yeah. Yeah, man. That, I got the categories mixed up. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I knew I had David Montgomery for something, man. I don't ever <laughs> like David Montgomery for shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, fantasy disappointment of the year. Uh, Michael Thomas won that vote. Uh, Bill took Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, and I took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and uh, how close was that vote, Robert? Uh, let's because see. Because I think I took McCaffrey in that. It looks as though, um, to, to brag here, we had eight votes on the poll, four votes for <laughs> Michael Thomas, two votes for Clyde and then one each for Saquon and McCaffrey. McCaffrey was disappointing, though, because you always thought he would come back and didn't. Uh, who is the best? It doesn't matter. I guess voting doesn't really matter. <laughs> Basically, it, it doesn't. Um, who is the best unexpected breakout? Uh, we had three rookies and Robert Tunyon in the category, and James Robinson was the landslide winner, as expected. Um, who is your fantasy football rookie of the year? Justin Jefferson won the vote, 63% of the vote. Uh, James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor also received votes in Billy's Rookie of the Year. Justin Herbert uh, sitting there at a whopping 0%. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't understand that. He's actually like real-life Rookie of the Year. Um, who's the best quarterback taking into account draft position, finish, finishing consistency? Billy took Aaron Rodgers. I took Josh Allen. And they tied in this poll, both at 43%. So that's also interesting. Uh, who was the best running back? Um, Billy took Derrick Henry. I took Alvin Kamara. They tied with James Robinson for a three-way split for first. Best wide receiver for the season? Uh, Billy took Devontae Adams. I took Stefan Diggs. And Devontae Adams won that poll 56% to 33 for Diggs. Justin Jefferson got a little bit of love on that one, too. And then finally, best tight end. I don't even have to tell you who won. Uh, but I will tell you that Robert Tunyon did also receive. Or I'm sorry, not Robert Tunyon. Darren Waller also received some votes. That would have been bad if Tunyon got some votes over Travis Kelsey. But uh, those are the results from uh, the general public's thoughts on the 2020 season awards. Um some differences, but some, you know, similarities there. So that works. I just wanted to give a shout out to the people. Like I said, I would, like I promised. Um, I know I had one more thing before we got into the ah, Super Bowl picks. Um, Billy, let's start with you since you're on fire. Oh, come on. There's only, <laughs> there's only one right answer to this question. You know I'm so I'm um, not even going to reveal the team. You know who I'm going with. Chris, who's he going with? Well, I, I believe he's going to go uh, with Kansas City and Pat Mahomes, right? Got yeah. It. Got it. I think, I think you have to. Trey? Um, we're just picking games, not against the spread, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Ah, well, fudge, dude. It's hard to pick against Tom Brady, but it's also really hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Can I say um, one thing, though, about this breakdown of this game, though? Yeah. Do we not remember in the middle towards, like, the later part of the season when the fucking Bucks were getting torch every week secondary-wise? Mm-hmm. I I can't imagine what Pat Mahomes is going to do in Tampa Bay for this one. I don't care if it's in Tampa Bay. Give me the Chiefs. And I'm going to the bank with that one, right to the, <laughs> right over to the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook and AC, and uh, place my Chiefs ticket. Uh, well, the Raiders fan in me is uh, saying Tampa Bay Gronkineers are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the, that's who I'm going with. All right, Chris, uh, your pick, your official pick. Yeah, I'm going with Tom Brady and the. Uh... Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, you know, Billy mentioned how they were getting torched, you know, in the beginning of the season. Well, since then, they've had a couple young rookies step up at the secondary position, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be a okay. And I, I can just not I can't uh, bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen, and he's very good. So I'm going with uh, Tampa Bay uh, over Kansas City. It's very good. They're both very good. Um, it'll be interesting. It's it's the the matchup the NFL one to see it's like the Michael Jordan versus LeBron James when you know LeBron James was in his second year and well Jordan wasn't in the league at that time but Jordan probably would have been if he stayed in the league as long as Tom Brady stayed in the league so um I mean it'll be fun it'll be fun to watch uh, I will take the Chiefs I think they're just a more well-rounded team I think the defense is better than the Bucks defense um and I think Mahomes right now is better than Tom Brady, you got I both teams. It's going to be a fun game, specifically because both teams have weapons galore. The Bucks have, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, who will be back for the Super Bowl. Gronk, um, pretty good running game. They got a like they know the committee they're running now uh, with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. They got the splits right. And uh, so that backfield's really starting to hit now. And then on the other side, we all know how hot the Kansas City offense can be. So, like I said, it'll be a fun game. I don't know how much the defenses will play into it, but if it's uh, if it's my choice, they won't play much at all into it. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't know. Watching uh, the, the Sue in the Super Bowl will be pretty nice, I feel like. Who knows? He might curb stomp someone. He might, you know, <laughs> suplex someone. You don't really know with uh, Sue, so. <laughs> um, we've been there, and I'm sure Chris would rather avoid those Detroit days <laughs> of uh, nasty Nadamakung Nita- Sue. Um, all right, so on this episode, as promised, coming up, Dynasty Trade Buys, as I mentioned at the top of the show, these are guys that we are actively pursuing in Dynasty Leagues. These are guys that we are recommending that you pursue because of value um, or because, you know, we just think they have great potential for the future. So um, I don't know what great host to kick it off with here. Let's uh, let's start with Trey, you know. Trey's name is at the top here on mm-hmm. my little uh, comment list. So Trey... Um, I will let you kick it off with whoever you want to kick it off with. Okay, well, my biggest, I'll start off with my number one dynasty trade buy, and I've been buying him everywhere. 
uh, I had 12% rostership and I had one day off from work. And I was like, Trey, you got to try to get as much rostership as you can. Ended up getting 83% rostership. I got six wow. shares of this guy. And I'm talking about AJ Dillon. Um, I love me some AJ Dillon. The fact of the matter, um, he uh, is going to be taking over that backfield next year. We all expect Aaron Jones to leave. Um, with Jonathan Williams, we all probably expect him to leave as well. And even if he stays on board, will he take over as lead back? I'm not for sure. And with a small sample size that we do have of A.J. Dillon, whenever he was the lead back, week 16, 21 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. That's pretty good. Um, and he's looked pretty good in this playoff so far whenever he's been getting his touches. Um, they... They love to run the ball. Next season, I'm guaranteeing at least 20 touches a game for him. And with that, you can't really can't really not buy him, especially with, with where his value is at right now. Um, and I would say in most trades, I've gotten him for mid-seconds or a player and a third. And I'm willing to pay that. So uh, I could see you willing to pay that. Um, I can give you kind of the uh, devil's advocate side of the argument the reason why i wouldn't be buying it aj dylan but i would have to preface it with saying that if you're paying a mid second or you're paying a third and a you know a low-end player um then i am uh all in on that even with you know the the slight concern on the other side of the argument i would have but real quick um bieber's real dad on twitter uh, Blair, who is a member of the yeah. podcast, commenting Chase Claypool not being treated like the silky smooth 6'3 alpha number one wide receiver he is going to be next year uh, and find work boys. Thank you, Blair, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, everyone con- congratulate Blair on Twitter, by the way. Um, I will not tell you why because it is his news, but uh, if you if you watch the show, you should congratulate him and he'll know what it's for. Um, that said, he mentioned Chase Claypool not being treated well. I like the take of Chase Claypool, but I think everyone kind of worries more about the quarterback situation. Uh, Ben being there and who knows how, uh, Claypool, man, I had Claypool as a top 25 dynasty receiver. Did you? I didn't even realize when we went, uh, when we went through that last week. Yeah, man. You know, I'm a big guy for the the Notre Dame, uh, alumni. Oh, uh, maybe I did realize because I think I did say something about you and your Notre Dame people. <laughs> um, I do like Chase Claypool. He's a he's a great talent. He's a good long term asset. Um, do you Trey or Chris have any opinion on uh, Chase Claypool? Here's my thing with the Pittsburgh, uh, the young Pittsburgh wide receivers. My video's lagging here. I don't know if it's my issue or what's going on, so I'll try and get out what I have to say in a short period of time here. I'm a big character guy. I hate when when all these people, they're always dancing and there's a lot of off-the-field stuff. I'm just not a fan of that kind of behavior. Is that because I'm officially old? I'm in my mid-30s now, so when a 19-year-old kid is dancing around rather than lifting weights or reading the playbook, that bugs me, so be it. But uh, Chase Claypool and Juju and even Deontay, State Johnson are bona fide, fantastic wide receivers. I just don't want any business with them on my own team. Interesting, interesting. We've we've seen that. We've been there. Um, I am receiving another comment. 
uh, here as I add Trey back in as he's walking around there. Um, if Packers do resign Jones, how's that? Jones, how's your effect? Your thoughts on Dylan? Um, this was actually before uh, Blair commented. Um, this was the devil's advocate side of the argument that I was going to bring up. I don't think they resign Aaron Jones, but I think it's very likely that they franchise tag him because he is the best running back in that group. He's he's a difference maker when he's on the football field. And realistically, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think he'll be back in Green Bay next year, but for how long? You know, when they when they drafted Jordan Love in the first round, they kind of put the writing on the wall that it's not going to be a long-term future for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So, like I said, you know, how long is the window for you to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? And then you, you turn from being a legitimate contender to being in the evaluating of Jordan Love phase. And for that, you know, I think they, they got to franchise tag Aaron Jones and bring him back and, uh, you know, keep your offense as best as it can be. So that would be my side of the argument. Uh, maybe not next year for A.J. Dillon, but even so, I think eventually this is 100% going to be A.J. Dillon's backfield. Um but I don't know about, you know, 20 touches a game, as you said, Trey. I think he'll lead the backfield. But Matt LaFleur himself, he's he's a running back by committee guy. So I don't know that he'll feel comfortable giving any one running back the uh, the amount of work. Chris, do you have an opinion on uh, A.J. Dillon one way or another? Yeah, he's a fantastic running back. I, I'd want to acquire as many shares as, as I could here. And I know we're live, but I'm going to hop on on my computer, so I will be right back. Uh, no problem, sir. Being, uh, no, frank. not at all. No worries. Um, Trey, I'll have you follow up. What uh, What are your thoughts on A.J. Dillon if uh, Jones is back for next season? Yeah, no, see, I didn't really think about the franchise tag. I guess that is an option. Um. I didn't really think about that because they could use that, but in my eyes, they wouldn't have drafted him in the second round if they were going to franchise him. But I mean, that's always an option. So you, so you do have to plan for that. Um, if Jones does resign, that's, that's going to hurt Dylan a lot. He, he'd be exactly what Jamal Williams is this year. And Jamal Williams at the end of the season, if you look at him, he's like RB 26, like he's serviceable, but on a game by game basis, he's not really going to be, startable so i'm hoping that that doesn't right happen to aj dylan especially since i've been getting all these shares but i definitely could see that happening if they do decide to franchise tag jones um especially for fantasy value aspect of it because jones is the pass catcher is the you know the one who tends to hit on the big plays dylan could be in that kind of grinded out uh short yardage situation which you know would make him good for the team, but not necessarily good for fantasy. Um, so uh, we would have to see about that. Bill, what are your thoughts on AJ Dillon? Um, man, not a guy that like I was really too high on pre-draft process, and then uh, I just didn't like the landing spot to the Packers. Um, I would be a little bit more inclined to pick Zach Moss. Buffalo Bills running back that was drafted around that same exact range. I'm a big Zach Moss believer. Um, Hey, for someone that touched the field last year, <laughs> I can It's hard for me, especially in dynasty, sometimes to like 
pick guys that I don't know that are going to be on the field because Dynasty is not a type of uh, league format where you can just blow a fucking roster spot and not have a guy to be able to start. There's nothing worse than having six teams filled with fucking Keyshawn Vaughn on there. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, but I will say, um, who knows if Zach Moss will be the lead running back next year. Just saying. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see one way or another. A.J. Dillon, like I said, even with Aaron Jones coming back, I would be willing to buy because even if Aaron Jones does come back, um, it would just be delaying that you know buying process of, for one year. And then afterwards, like, say, you know, it, uh, Jones does get franchise tag, which I believe if he does go back to Green Bay, it's only on the franchise tag. Like, I don't think he's going to sign a, a whole new long-term contract now, especially with the Rodgers situation. Um, but if Jones comes back, you're just delaying, you know, the A.J. Dillon breakout for one year. So it's not it's not hurting uh, my thought process too much on, on A.J. Dillon. I'd, I'd still be willing to buy at the price that you're buying him at. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I like to talk on AJ Dillon. Let's keep it up here, Chris. One of your dynasty buys, whoever you can head into. Well, as you can see, I switched from my phone to the computer, and the computer automatically turns it into uh, a Blake Griffin lookalike <laughs> uh, filter here. As you can see, uh, the the lighting around me is always a, a, such a thing where on my phone I can I, I'm me, I'm Chris. When I, mm -hmm. I on my new computer, I get called Blake Griffin here, and by the looks of it, I can tell. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put anybody down if they called me Blake Griffin here. But uh, just something fun to add here. So one of my biggest buys that I think people are passing up on is Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. So with Dak, this. weeks one through five, uh, Zeke Elliott was RB three. He uh, in PPR formats, right? He had eighty nine carries. 364 yards, five rushing touchdowns, and he added another 24 receptions on 32 targets, 173 yards, and a full touchdown. So it was about 22.3 yards a game in PPR formats for Zeke. So week six and after, this is after Dak, you know, hurt his ankle, split his ankle uh, at home, I believe, against uh, the Giants here. He dropped down to RB26. That's about a 52% uh, point per game average from 22.3 to 10.8 PPR points a game. So uh, in this day and age, especially on social media, how toxic it is and everybody is, you know, everybody's a sell. So if you're selling everybody, you know, who, who's going to be left on your roster? So by that, by those numbers alone. Zeke hasn't done anything lately. He's washed up. He's not going to do much. You should sell him, sell him, sell him. Well, uh, I think when, when Dak comes back, he's going to be okay. I don't think Zeke's going to go anywhere. When I sat down to kind of look at my notes and, and research this stuff, everything that I came across was uh, where is Zeke going to go? Who's going to sign him? Zeke's not going to go anywhere. Nobody's going to want to pick up the, the, you know, amount of money it's going to take to, to get Zeke on their team. So I think he's going to be okay with Dak back next year and add him. He's a workhorse kind of guy. And I, I know there's a ton of stuff uh, against him. I've seen it all. I'm sure you guys have all seen it all too. Social media. And this, this is including, you know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever you can. It's a very 
Uh, it's a toxic environment. I hate to keep it's saying not. that, but it's true. Everybody is wrong. Everybody is, their opinion is the right thing. I, nobody better have an opinion. I'm always right. You're always right. So if everybody's always right, and if everybody's always a sell, then what the heck are we doing here? Why are we on a broadcast? Why are we writing articles here? So Zeke is going to be okay. I'm telling you now, you can buy him next to nothing, really. People yeah. are just looking to unload him because the masses on social media are telling you to. People listen. That's all they do. You know the old adage when we're kids, you know, and you'd get caught smoking or you do something stupid in school and your parents would say, well, if Trey jumped off of a bridge, would you do that too? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm my own person. You're your own person. Make your own decisions. You know, you don't have to let the flow of the toxic flow of, of social media influence you. Zeke is going to be okay. Zeke is a buy. If you've already sold him, then what's done is done. But if you haven't, I would hold on to him unless it was an ungodly offer. But if you own him, keep him. If not, look to acquire him. Nobody's looking to, uh, acquire Zeke right now. And again, nobody is expecting much either. So it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg or a potentially, not potentially, the guy is a, he's a top 10 running back uh, since day one, top five running back, if I'm not mistaken here. So uh, don't be a fool. Go ahead, Zeke. Yeah. Um, I I love that you mentioned Zeke on here because uh, it's funny too. Let me actually pull it up. But Trey and I, um, in uh, the Fantasy Forecast League, uh, the Listener League that we have, we actually made a trade. I had Zeke on my roster. Um, I did trade him Zeke, but it wasn't like I was like, oh, God, I hate Zeke. I hate his long-term value. I want to sell him. Um, but it was more along the lines of my team needs to rebuild, and Zeke doesn't really fit that criteria. So we made a, we made a trade here. Let me pull it up real quick. But since you are a buyer of Zeke, Trey, what do you think about uh, the argument? Yeah, and that's kind of where I was falling in line whenever you sent me that Zeke trade. Um, it was kind of like a straight swap. Well, it, it wasn't a straight swap, but you wanted CEH and I wanted Zeke. So it's kind of like, you know, let's add some players on and see if we can find a bigger deal too. Yeah. Um, but I like Zeke. I think I saw on Twitter, I don't know if this is true or not, but the Cowboys are tied to him until 2027. I don't know if that's true, but that is just absolutely insane. With your running back, you want long-term viability, long-term security. And especially with the Dallas Cowboys that you know they're they're always going to have weapons around them, Zeke is definitely a buy for me, especially at his current value. Yeah. Um, I don't think you'll ever get Zeke at a lower value than you will now, by the way. Real, um, real quick, if real quick, if I may. So yeah. what I've, I haven't been on a broadcast in probably two weeks, right? I've been laying low, writing my hockey stuff, just watching how things are going. You know, football is, is all but done. I write bottom of the barrel and that's it. I have two weeks now to write the Super Bowl one. So in my spare time, the last five or six days since championship Sunday, you know, I watch everything. I, I may not comment. I may not always post, but I'm watching everything. And to be honest, with you. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter, mainly, they try to, you know, they try to be hot in all the words. They try and this is, uh, my account is the best. What I'm saying is the best. I'm sm the smartest man in the room kind of thing. So everybody's giving the wrong advice. Everybody's giving the same advice. And it's up to us me personally, and even you guys here to kind of wade through that, you know, and, and it's, I trust all three of you. So in a way, it's up to us to kind of wade through that and, and give advice 
uh, to people that we trust or, or give advice to people we know that trust us and we there's some like mutual respect going on. Now, you might be shocked at who says what and, and what website is this? They're not all created equal, I'm telling you now. And again, I've had this conversation with, with a few people and the one thing that's been thrown out is, well, Chris, uh, you sound very bitter. You sound like you're hating on other people. I'm not hating. I, I want to see everybody succeed. This is just my opinion, kind of as an outsider looking into the cog that is social media. And there is a lot of awful advice. And as I said, everybody sell, sell, sell. You know, everybody thinks they are... Um, they, they know what's going on. Like yeah. selling, at, selling at a high point is what you're supposed to do. That's just, that's 101 of the, of the fantasy football commandments. When a guy's value is high, you sell. You don't have to sell everybody on earth if they have the highest value, right? So when we go through this thing, it's just been a long season, right? And I hate to go on this tangent here, but it's been a long, exhausting season. And to see people give such awful advice and give such horrible opinions, and again, can an opinion be horrible? Just your own personal thought. Everybody has them. Just be careful with who you trust and where you get your information from. If someone says, hey, I'll sell Zeke for, I'll just give them to you. You can have them. Those are the kind of leagues I want to be in because I think <laughs> I'd run through that kind of league and I'd run through that division here. So just be careful. Be polite along the way. Don't be rude. Don't yell at people. That's not my MO. It's just nice to get this kind of stuff off my chest every once in a while. Oh, I I feel that Chris speaking the truth out here. Um, I uh, I know exactly what you mean of people just you know trying to make a point against and saying sell and you know like why why I don't have a specific example in front of me, but you know it's just bad advice to tell someone to sell someone at a low point or just because you don't think they can grow as a player for whatever reason or or anything uh, of that nature. Everybody, excuse me, everybody has this dream of uh, headlining an on-air talent for one of the big sites, one of the, the, the hugest sites. Everybody thinks they're going to be working alongside Matthew Barry or the guys at CBS. Every time they say something stupid where uh, I'm selling uh, every, I'm selling Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to trade Patrick Mahomes because it's the right move. They do those things and then they screenshot it just in hopes eight months down the road or a year down the road, whatever they did made sense and they can shove it in our faces. It doesn't seem very, uh, it's not fun to me. It's more exhausting than anything. So be your own person, uh, heed your own advice, heed my advice, whatever you want to do and uh, play it simple. Be simple with this stuff. It's very easy. I feel, I feel that. Um, I do have the trade, uh, the Zeke trade between, uh, Trey and I up, uh, I sent Trey, Allen Robinson, Ezekiel Elliott and Taysom Hill. And I received, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Sam Darnold, Noah Fant, Adam Troutman, and the 211, uh, as some reference, uh, 1.75 tight end premium. So, uh, Noah Fant and Adam Troutman do have a lot of value, and it is a two-quarterback league. Uh, so Sam Darnold and Taysom Hill, I mean, they're kind of around the same ranking. Um, but what do you think about that, Trey, or not Trey, Chris? 
Well, I, I mean, I like it. It sounds like uh, you guys talked about it a lot because there was, you know, Adam Troutman is, he's a, he's a nice dynasty stash at tight end. It, to me, it doesn't sound like it was like a bing, bang, boom kind of trade. These are, this is what I want. Like it was fine-tuned over a period of time. And those are the, my favorite trades. They're, they're very specific to each team's needs. And you guys went head to head. I would imagine there were several text messages, emails. However, there were several conversations. It wasn't accepted on one offer. There were several counters and there was things went went back and forth. You guys were on the same page in terms of who you wanted to get and who were you who were you willing to give up here. I love the idea. Uh, I, nobody really talks about Sam Darnold. I'm still a big Sam Darnold guy. I'd absolutely love to see him here in Detroit, although I don't think that'll happen here. But uh, if it made sense for your team at the time, if it makes sense for your team in the future, then who am I to complain? I'm not a veto guy because, as I've said, yeah. I don't know how long, uh, how much time two teams spent going back and forth. Why this? Why that? And who they're getting. So who am I to tell somebody how to run their team? But I love the idea. You had an idea in mind, Rob. Trey, you had an idea in mind, and you got together in the middle, and uh, a, a nice little trade was was born out of it. So uh, <laughs> great work. A nice little baby. Um Bill, you're awfully quiet up there. I, I see what you got going on. I don't know if everyone else sees. I'm sure a few other people see. But yeah, uh, but <laughs> Trey or Bill, you are muted at the moment. Um, I said uh, it's been a pretty long day, man. I've been podcasting <laughs> since like 11 a.m. today, and then um, over on the site at Pub Sports Radio, we had uh, Miranda Fear the Maverick on today. So it's been a long day, man. I feel that. I just have to laugh at the fact that you tried to talk when you were muted. <laughs> you got yeah, going I on. usually don't do these on my cell phone. Um, I hate this on my cell phone. Get stoned and forget how to use uh, StreamYard, <laughs> huh? <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of Bill, let's head into your dynasty buy. Uh, whichever one you want to cover first, head on into it. Uh, since we're in the running back conversation, let's keep it in the running back conversation. Um, I don't know if you and Trey remember this, but a couple weeks ago, man, I said this. Uh, one of these ADPs of one of these running backs, man, really shocked me. So we're going to go right back down to the well again. Joe Mixon, man, a lot of people have him on the hate list this offseason. Only appearing in six games last season, rushing for 428 yards with just uh, 138 receiving yards and four touchdowns. That obviously won't get it done. But Mixon's still only 24 years old. He got re-signed last season. The team is invested into him. Samaje P. Ryan and Trayvon Williams don't really scare me too much. Joe Burrow makes this offense around him uh, a lot better. Everybody kind of benefits from the offense. We only show we only seen uh, Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow in good game scenarios maybe once or twice last year. Um, Bengals found themselves in a lot of passing situations where Joe Burrow was starting the ball over 40 passing attempts per game at one point. Um, the offensive line is still a concern, but Jonah Williams should be back, and hopefully they add another piece over the all season through the draft and stuff like that. But, man, I, if Joe Mixon's going in the second and third round, I'm going to have a lot of Joe Mixon this year. Um, he's just one of those guys that um, really, really does it for me. Uh, I have a certain amount of check boxes that I like to run through for my running backs. Are you in a good offense? Can you catch balls? Are you a three down goal line back? And maybe the receiving yards aren't there yet for Joe Mixon, but maybe a guy like Joe Burrow can really bring it out of him. And um, I'm a big fan of Joe Mixon this year. Uh, it's one person I haven't really seen the community talk about too much this year. Um, am I, am I crazy for this take or am I, is this a bad take? 
is Joe Mixon? Are people buying him? Um, I haven't really been around the NFL community too much. Um, I would say that people, you know, Chris talked about this heavily of uh, people saying sell someone just to sell someone. And um, I think uh, I think he brings up a good point here because you could, you know, say the same thing that the, the Twitter community feels the same way about Joe Mixon here. Um, Absolutely. And if I may real quick, Bill, uh, Billy, Billy getting bills here. So when it comes to Joe Mixon, everybody uh, all season, they dogged on him, they made fun of him. And it was it was just a fun little thing all season because he was in and out of the lineup. Uh, He didn't play. And after not playing for six or seven weeks, then they put him on IR. There are a lot of jokes where uh, they cut his foot off. He left his foot at home. (laughs) There was a lot of jokes here. And it was fun. It was all just, it was all playful. Everyone was having fun with it, you know, to break up the monotony of the season. It was like week 10, week 11 at the time. And then in that comes, you know, a a collection of people, a large collection of people that that, like they band together. Oh, I like what you're saying. No, I like what you're saying. Well, you you know, and they all get together and they form these movements uh, on social media, especially Twitter, where I'm, I'm team no Joe Mixon, or I am team Joe Mixon. And it gets to the point where, uh, People aren't making their own decisions. They're making decisions based off large groups of people because it's just a fun, hip thing to do, right? The, it it kind of takes out like your own personal research. So instead of me, you know, getting my pen, getting my notes, and really digging in on something, I'm just going to say, you know what? I like what these people are doing. You know what? Uh, Trey is a good guy. We've had some fun. We've had some laughs. And if he says Joe Mixon is a bum, well, saves me the time. Joe Mixon's a bum, and I'm all in on that. <laughs> There's never been any, uh, you know, f- like like concrete facts. No one's doing their own research anymore. Everyone's just jumping in on the pile, jumping in on the bandwagon. And you could you could take out Joe Mixon's name, and you can add player A, B, and C there. It don't matter. Hockey, baseball, football. You know, same people that has that bandwagon. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, jo- uh, Jonathan Taylor had that bandwagon in, earlier in the season. Guy's a bust. After five games in his rookie season, he's a bust. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he was good, but he's a bust now. So it, it's just all nonsense. When it comes down to it we have to trust our own research we have to trust our own process get with a couple people that you like get with a couple of your favorite analysts work co-workers whatever it is make your own judgments don't jump on and off bandwagons just because it's fun to do because for someone like me i have a career but i'm really trying to make my way in this business it's for fun but uh it's absolutely you know it's not life or death for me but i i love doing the research i'm not about hopping in and out of bandwagons here so trust yourself do your own research and things will be okay yeah um play to win fantasy on uh, P2W Fantasy on Twitter commented, four good guys, appreciate that. He said, would like to see a huge Trey versus Chris to be here. So, uh, Trey, we've obviously heard Chris talk about this for (laughs) a while. Um, Why should people listen to the fantasy Twitter community? Hmm? Well, I mean, it's hard to debate (laughs) against what, you know, Chris is saying because he has a lot of valid points with it. And, I see that all the time. It's just like, you know, everything is, you know, just a big tidal wave. If one person does it, it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And then it all comes crashing down when then, and, you know, but on, on Twitter, it is, it's funny. Cause I have to hold my tongue so much. I see a lot of people just 
you know, I put out my rankings and I do it as straightforward as I can. I say, this is who I think. And then no, there's not very many hot takes in there, but you know, I go on other people's Twitters or rankings and I see they have some guy I have ranked at 12 all the way up at two or three. And then they have like 50 interactions and 50 retweets. I'm sitting here like, okay, well, I'm not stopping my grind just because right. other people are, you know, doing things differently just to get, you know, interactions. And, yeah. but that's, but that's just what Twitter is. I mean, we just got to accept the facts and move on. I mean, if you actually have good takes, that makes sense. It's hard for people to look at it, but if you have crazy takes that, you know, no one's going to agree with. That's going to get all the attention. Can I throw another thing in there? Um, sure thing, I Bill. I feel like one of the things that is very important is following the right people. You got to follow the right people on Twitter and stuff like that. Because, like, I remember when I first had Twitter, because I've been having Twitter since I was in seventh grade. So that's about eight to nine years now. And throughout time, as me using Twitter and stuff like that, I've definitely have noticed that I follow certain people and stuff like that where it's enjoyable to go on my timeline on a Sunday and watch yeah. people built and stuff like that. One of the greatest things that uh, Chris said over on our uh, pub was um, in the start off the season was one things that he does is on Sunday, he leaves all the social media stuff out, just let the TV run and just eat some good food and call it a day. And yep. that's one thing I definitely have been trying to incorporate in my life a lot more. I feel it. I feel it. People nice, use nice people philosophical use, content here. I love it. People use Twitter like it's like it's gospel. And if you really think about it, if you're if you're writing and broadcasting as much as we are, right? Uh, Twitter is just a, a little blip on in terms of interactions and views, right? There are so many other outlets here. And when people take uh, Twitter, most importantly, so serious, it begins to it begins to cloud your judgment. That's that you have tunnel vision towards one kind of thing. You have tunnel vision towards, you know, like two or three different pages. And again, like Trey said, you know, you have hot takes or bad takes. Well, who's to judge those takes? There's not, you know, there's no uh, president of Twitter. There's no God of judging who's good and who's bad on social media. It's all in the eye of the beholder, right? So if you, if you use Twitter for its intended purpose, which I do as it's solely for entertainment, for, uh, entertainment purposes, it's nice to get my content out there, interact with a couple people, but it's not like, my gospel, right? It's not like my right. Bible, right? So, you know, we just got to, you know, use it how we can. It, everybody is a, a different person. Everybody makes their own own decisions here. So again, who am I to judge one guy or girl for tweeting 75,000 times in a day compared to somebody else who doesn't tweet for a week and then drop something and it's, and it's pretty good. It's pretty successful. Everybody has their own way. We have to be open and adaptable to all things. Yeah. I uh I appreciate that. And you know, I as someone who doesn't tweet a whole ton, you know, I uh I feel that. Um Yeah, I think I think there's most of the things that are covered there. So uh I agree with basically everything that's Yeah, I like so, always like to say Twitter Twitter can be like a tool, you know, I like to use everything as a tool. Whenever I'm evaluating like a trade, I use, like, you know, Chris said, you go to I'll the people on Twitter. I use them as a tool. I use, you know, the, the, you know, the trade calculator. I know a lot of people 
live and die by that. They, if they punch it in and says it's a good trade, they accept it. If it's not, they decline it. But mm-hmm. you got to use that as a tool. You got to use a lot of things as tools and not just use it as an end all be all. Yeah, I feel. I feel that for sure. All right. Um, did I ask either Trey or Chris about um, Joe Mixon and their value, what they think about Joe Mixon? I think I went straight to uh, play to win. You did, there. and then I, I kind of uh, steered everybody uh, yes, in, yes, in, a, yes, in, a, in a social media directional debate. So for that, I, I apologize. No, Chris, it's an educational debate, you know, because maybe listeners of the podcast um, are, you know, I'm not saying they're one of those people, but maybe they are, you know, not completely understanding of the situation on Twitter, and uh, maybe it's given them a new light you know, to look at, look at things by. So, um, educational purposes and, uh, they're, they're very great and, uh, you know, helpful to everyone, I believe. Um, I think, uh, I think we can move on from Joe Mixon though. I, I agree that he's a buy. I think it's unrelated to like, if anyone's saying he isn't a buy, it's unrelated. It's gotta be unrelated Am I to, crazy? Uh, Am I crazy though? Like when if we rewinded this tape about two or three years ago and you gave us the same scenario of Joe Mixon, people would be jumping off the fucking walls. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And age isn't a factor. He's still very young. So he's he's gonna be okay. yeah. he's gonna be fine. And yep. given the circumstances, he's going to be, you know, you're gonna be able to grab him as if he was uh uh, RB30, right? No, nobody wants to touch Mixon with a 10-foot pole. So those of us who are on Team Joe Mixon can get him very cheap where we're going to have a solid RB1 and a solid RB2, maybe even a borderline RB2, RB3, and Joe Mixon is going to be fourth on our running back depth chart on our team, and I'll take those odds all day. Yeah, I feel. I feel that for sure. Um, I'll head into my first dynasty buy here. Um, so I don't know. This is, this is a nice, why I don't, my opinion on buying this person is because I believe you're going to be able to get him at the lowest possible value right now. I think it's bound to trend upward, but I don't know how high it's going to trend upward. And, uh, when I say the, the name, you may understand this a little bit more um i'm talking about juju smith schuster Trey, or not Trey, chris by the way kitty says hi um chris you talked about this that you're not super interested in buying a lot of the pittsburgh wide receivers right now when uh when uh blair brought brought up chase claypool um but juju i don't see him as a pittsburgh wide receiver i don't see him as a super mature guy as you mentioned but What I will say in favor of Juju is that he is a free agent, and I really would be shocked if he returns with the Steelers. I really don't think it's possible based on their cap situation. Um, I think franchise tagging him is the only way they could bring him back, but I don't see why they would franchise tag him. Uh, He really only has one year of great production, and that's the year with Antonio Brown. And I know... Normally, when wide receivers are entering free agency, it's a concern because you don't. Wide receivers are so dependent on their quarterback 
and the quarterback situation that they're in, the offense that they're in. So when you're in a situation where you're a free agent, you could go anywhere. You could like Juju could sign with the Jets tomorrow or well, not tomorrow because technically not, but he could sign with the Jets and then you would, you know, just basically, you know, have nothing but concerns about the, the long-term value about Juju. Um, but then again, he could sign somewhere like Indianapolis, and Indianapolis could trade for, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford. And then in that situation, you become excited about the prospects of Juju. So, I mean, this is more of a chance to be taken on. But I think wherever he goes, I think he's going to get paid. I think he's going to be a um, how. I think he's going to be brought in to maybe not the number one wide receiver, um, but I think he'll be brought in to be heavily involved in the offense wherever he goes. And, um, you know, from there, all you can really hope for is a good quarterback situation. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of teams where quarterback situations are in question right now, but there's a lot of quarterbacks to choose from to fill those voids. So, you know, I, I, like the odds, like I said, you know, if the Jets retain Darnold, maybe that's the worst situation. If he signed with Jacksonville right right now, I'd be more worried about LaVisca Chenault's long-term value than I would be Juju's, especially for the money that he would likely sign for. If he signed with Indy and they brought in Matthew Stafford, I would love Juju. You know, there's other situations. There's only a certain amount of places he can go. Um so this is more of a chancier one, but like I said, I think this is the lowest value that Juju is ever going to be. I think a lot of people are upset with the lack of production. I think they're upset with the the immaturity, I should say, of Juju um, and different reasons like that. Chris, I'll, I'll kick it to you because I know you mentioned it. Um, I I don't know. I haven't really – I sent one offer – out for Juju and I haven't really heard back, but I don't really know an actual kind of market price on Juju. Uh, so what would it take, you know, you have Juju, what would it take for you to trade him away? Well, to be clear, it's not, I, I have no real like hatred or disdain, dislike or disdain for the Pittsburgh wide receivers. As you said, it's more of a, uh, like a character kind of thing, maturity, age and things along those lines. This time last year, going into last spring and summer, uh, Juju was in the gym every day working out, you know, and it was not about, you know, his little dog or driving cars and dancing all over the place. He had a one track mind and that was lifting weights and training and running routes, doing things like that to better himself. And then somewhere from the spring and the summer to the start of the NFL season, he started to, you know, dance. we all know the story, danced on, on midfield on everybody's logo there and he got he got away from doing what he's why he's there why he's popular that's to play football to be a wide receiver he's got all these tiktok followers all these all that would go away if he wasn't a professional uh, wide receiver i don't know if he gets that or he puts two and two together that without him on the field all the other stuff would go away. So it's about priorities here with me. Character, and I, I, I hate to say character issues, especially what happened from that offensive lineman in, in Seattle last night or this morning here. But I just want to make sure that these guys, especially a, a guy like Juju, if I'm going to go out on a limb and add these guys, number one, I want to make sure I, I, I like them 
as a person, as a player. Fantasy football, first and foremost, is supposed to be fun. I don't mind if I have a, a crappy, shitty team. Is it a collection of guys I love to watch play? Is it a collection of guys I love to research mm -hmm. and message with and, and, you know, things like that? That's my my first priority and when it comes to juju he's just he doesn't do anything for me he could be good or he could be bad it doesn't matter to me i just don't want that headache on my roster and then we saw as soon as he put the phone away and dancing you know on the field he, he was like i need to do this because even his teammates were putting him down about it you're you're you're, you're fucking us up man that's what you're doing <laughs> you're really screwing us up right yeah. we were undefeated and then we i don't know what was happening in the locker room or what was going on in terms of buying juju smith schuster uh, I wouldn't I personally, I'm not looking to add him. Uh, doesn't matter where he goes. I don't think he stays, uh, in, in Pittsburgh. Like I said, they have two very young uh, wide receivers, Claypool and Deontay Johnson, who are probably still on their rookie deal. So this is their window to maybe add a veteran, uh, quarterback. If Ben goes away, they need a running back as well, too. I don't think James Conner is going to be the man there much longer. So they're cool. They, they can afford to let Juju, uh, walk and wherever he goes, that's where he goes. I wish him the best. I'm just not buying it. I feel. Um, I completely respect it, too. Bill, um, I know you, in the past you have been a big Juju Smith-Schuster fan. Um, so would you be buying him right now? I'm all for Juju. I just don't think he's an alpha receiver, man. For Juju to be good, he would have to play for a good quarterback, and there would have to be a good number one wide receiver. So, for example, kind of like a uh, – I'm trying to think of like a team that Juju would go to. Devontae like, Adams say, and uh, Green Chicago, Bay. I don't know why they named Devontae. Let's say in a weird scenario, Chicago uh, has Allen Robinson and Juju or something like that and not Mitchell Trubisky as their quarterback. <laughs> then I would be maybe interested in Juju if they had, like, a rookie quarterback or something like that. But, like, I, it would have to be, like, a certain scenario like that. I don't think Juju's, like, an alpha receiver, and I don't think he can manufacture his own production without relying on a quarterback. Well, for me personally, just to give, you know, the, the argument against, I look at some of the top teams uh, in cap space. Number one, Jacksonville. And I see the number one is DJ Chark there and – enter Trevor Lawrence. That's a really good quarterback situation. Um, I think that one would be one that would interest me. Um, Indianapolis, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but uh, I see Michael Pittman as a really good wide receiver who can be the one in that offense. And then Juju, you know, enter a, a sort of niche number two role there with potentially a guy like Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Um, I think... The reason I would say Juju, number one, I, I said his value is going to be at his lowest right now. Um, but number two is that really in the past, when a wide like I said, in the past when a wide receiver is entered free agency, you don't know about his situation versus the quarterback. But normally, wide receivers tend to take the big money contract because they want to end up on a team where um, – they just get paid a lot of money and they don't really care about the quarterback situation and all this. Um, but because a lot of the teams at the top have the situation where they're going to likely figure out their quarterback situation, like Jacksonville uh, with Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick, like Indianapolis where I just believe they're going to find a good quarterback because they're a good franchise 
and you know they'll they'll make it work one way or another um things like that i am a little more confident in this year like kenny galladay for example i don't think he's back in detroit chris you you wouldn't think kenny galladay is back in detroit doesn't fit the long term he's not going to stay there long term like if he's back it's on the franchise tag and if they're trading matthew stafford then there's no point to franchise tag kenny galladay um yeah. I, I'm well, I mean, long term, I'd like to think he'll be here. And the, the way to do that short term fix is a franchise tag, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a collection of the highest paid wide receivers uh, in the league. And it's there's a percentage there. So you get a pretty, the you know, a 12, yeah, 12 million, 13 million. Well, will he'll be able to get in one year and to stay in Detroit. Uh, I, I think he, he would do that. It, it's just up to the fact, will they offer that to him? And we'll see. I think they do. I think Kenny G stays on the uh, on a franchise tag, and then they'll have a year or two to kind of work out a long-term deal. And then it would be up to the franchise, and it'd be up to him. In that year and a half since he, they franchised him, you know, fast forward from now to this time next year, what kind of quarterback did they have playing the season? Who did they bring in? Are they do You know what I mean? So it's like a one-year audition for both parties involved. Right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of variables to factor in regardless, but uh, because of the sour taste that I feel like a lot of people have on Juju right now, I feel like you'll get value likely. You know, if I have to go out and trade, I don't know, a mid first or, or even a late first for Juju, I probably won't be doing it. I'll probably trade multiple seconds at that point because I think he can be a solid tr- contributor on your team. But um, I'm not going to overinvest in Juju. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying buy the value here uh, because it's dipping because a lot of people are sour on him. And, and one way or another at the end of the season or off season, I should say, uh, he'll be with a team. He'll likely be paying paid a lot of money. Um, and uh, hopefully they have a good quarterback situation and things could work out. Um, okay, Trey, let's head back to you. Uh, you got two more buys here. So who are you buying uh, among this list? Well, um, you're buying. I'll be quick with mine. Um, but uh, the second guy that I've been looking for this offseason is Tyler Higby. Um, we saw what Tyler Higby could do in 2019 in the fantasy playoffs uh, whenever Gerald Everett went down. And we all expect Gerald Everett to move on. Uh, the report already came out and said that the Rams are not going to re-sign Gerald Everett or uh, Josh Reynolds. So they're already probably going to be replacing him. Tyler Higby, we saw what happens when his snap percentage goes up. Um, and that offense wasn't quite what it was this season. They didn't go really heavy towards their wide receivers like they did in the past. They didn't, you know, you didn't see Cooper Cup catch 100 balls or, uh, you know, Robert Woods catch over 1,000 yards. So they really went heavy with their tight ends, and I think that's going to continue in 2021. Yeah, uh, I like the point specifically because I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about Tyler Higby um, and that Gerald Everett likely leaving. Um, that'll open the door. Bill, what are your thoughts on Tyler Higby, the Rams offense? This is another team that, you know, I mentioned the shaky quarterback situation. Here we are. Yeah, man. I'm um, not really too high on Jared Goff too much right now because he's just not really showing too much for me. Um, Woods and Cup are still resigned, right? Yes. 
as long as they're there, um, I don't know. Higby and Everett got to fight for it, man. Um, usually when one of those guys are out, I kind of like playing the other guy. But um, I don't know, man. Higby's a talented player. I thought he was going to have a good season this year, but he kind of disappointed me in some spots. Well, say, and, and even after 2019, that's whenever he resigned there for, I think, four years. So he still has three years left on uh, the contract. So he's stuck there. Um, they're stuck with him. I think he doesn't have a dead cap until after 2021. Um, so I felt comfortable. I think, I mean, I, I would love it if he was a high-end tight end too, and I think that's very capable for him in 2021. So I feel that. Chris, what are your thoughts? I had my computer muted, and I wasn't even smoking a, <laughs> uh, a joint. So give me a second to collect myself. So when it comes to those tight ends, uh, I have. I, I've made no bones about the fact that I love Jared Goff. I think he's a great quarterback. And when it comes to him, uh, th there is no in-between, meaning people either love him and, and they enjoy rostering him or they hate him and they think he's dog shit. So there's no in-between here. And when it comes down to it, the only reason I, I, I actually favor Gerald Everett is be from a DFS perspective, Everett just stayed at $4,500 on, on FanDuel. He right. stayed at $3,200 on DraftKings all season. So it was a nice move because I've, I've always punted tight ends, both in seasonal formats and DFS formats. And Tyler Higby was uh, – exactly what I personally expected him to be this year. Everybody said he was going to be amazing and he was going to do this, he was going to do that, and he just wound up being kind of, you know, mad. He was just kind of there. So long term, I love the idea, again, of buying Tyler Higby because no, nobody's on him. You're going to get him for dirt cheap. In a, in a, I would, you know, we've all heard the term throw-in guy, throw-in player. I think there was a pretty good thread uh a couple days ago, that Casey, uh, Casey girl, she had like, what's a throw-in player that you would like? Tyler Higby is the perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. You can, you get, you two could have done your trade with Ceh and Zeke, and then you could have said, hey, uh, this is, I I'm you, Trey. I'm speaking on your behalf right now. Hey, Rob, uh, I'm giving you all these guys you want. Might, might as well just throw in Tyler Higby, and he's an afterthought, and you can put him on your team, and bam, you stopped the the bleeding, or, or he's like a stopgap at tight end for your team. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I like it. I would buy Tyler Higby because it's an under-the-radar move, not going to cost you anything, and if he hits, you're paying dividends. And if he's just mad again, good. You're, what are you looking at, four or five touchdowns? Uh, five, 600 yards at a tight end position, that's cool. Especially for someone like me who, as I've said, I'd rather punt a position and stack up at other positional, offensive positional players. Yeah, I feel I feel that. Um, I uh, I like the Higby point. I, uh, I probably won't be buying him myself just because I'll probably be looking up more upside, looking for more upside at the position, um, taking my shot on... Uh, Guys like Adam Troutman, who I think have the potential for more. Um, also, you know, I, Chris, I, I like your confidence in Jared Goff. But, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in Los Angeles this offseason. Uh, because, you know, the relationship with McVeigh and Goff is apparently shaky at best at the moment. So it's another thing to uh, have some concern about. But I for the price, you know, you could probably get Higby dirt cheap right now, like you mentioned, a little throw-in player. So um, how how do you not buy at that part at that price? Um, Chris, your second buy of the episode. 
Now this one, this one's really no secret. I mean, actually, it might be. I it's Rashard Penny, Seattle uh, Seahawks uh, running back. And again, to everybody that's watching this now or will watch this, when I was kind of uh, uh, pressured and forced into mentioning uh, Rashad Penny here, which I don't <laughs> mind. He was, on, he was on the list already, and I, I believe it was you, uh, Rob, who said. Uh, give me the nudge. You go, I think you should should mention uh, Rashad Benny here. And in terms of what he could be long-term or even next season, I think he, he could be a, a low-end RB2 just by default here. So uh, we know back-to-back -back seasons with, with, a, with a, a major knee injury, completely lost season at the end of 2019 and the entire year uh, 2020, most of the year here with an ACL tear at the end of 2019. Excuse me. So his first two seasons, not a lot of work. 150 carries, 789 yards, which is, it looks to be 5.3 yards of pop here five touchdowns about a handful of receptions about 17 or so and another touchdown through the air here now if you look at what's going to happen uh in seattle so carlos hyde and uh chris carson are free agents i don't think Carlos Hyde will be back and Chris Carson. I don't think he'll be back either. And that's just, I'm a big Chris Carson guy. Uh, I made a playoff push and I added Carson and Zeke as we talked about earlier in the episode here. So it's going to leave Rashard Penny and the, the young kid rookie last season. And you'll be second year DJ Dallas who got some run this season, made heavy in some of our DFS lineups mid season when all these guys were out here. So in terms of, of Rashard Penny, uh, Seattle Seahawks, although they have, uh, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, they are a run-first team. So they drafted this kid for a reason, and they've been holding out hope for him so long. They, they've been with him in the rehabs and all the, the injuries and stuff like that. So they haven't you know, cut bait and got rid of him yet. So if Hyde and Chris Carson go away, they're on other teams, it's going to be Richard Penny and DJ Dallas here. So I love the idea. Again, a lot of ideas I love here uh, today because I keep saying that. Uh, Rashard Penny, you can add him for nothing. You can probably grab him for seriously not. You could probably in 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 dynasty formats or redraft leagues, you could probably swap out a kicker or a, or a DST for for Rashad Penny right now. No one cares if you're in the know. Then go add Penny. Granted, uh, if you don't play with a kicker or DST, throw a fourth round pick, which I think people would jump at in a heartbeat for Rashad Penny. Add him, and we'll revisit the same exact topic this time next year. Yeah, um, I like the take a lot. I don't know his upside, but um, as you mentioned, you know, there's a pathway. Um, Chase Edmonds is a guy who's a big time buy in the dynasty committee community on like uh, social medias right now, and that's you know pretty obvious. Kenyon Drake is a free agent, and a lot of people don't expect him back. But um, a reason that I nudged you towards uh, Rashad Penny is because I see him in kind of the same light as uh, Chase Edmonds here. You know, he's a younger running back who hasn't really gotten the opportunity uh, before. And, you know, now the people ahead of him are free agents. So um, the opportunity could be coming. Uh, Bill, do you have any uh, hope for Rashad Penny? Dude, I remember I texted you uh, when you said Rashad Penny. I was like, man, I forgot he even existed. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he might. <laughs> um, uh, no, not really, man. I think they, I think they'll draft somebody. Yeah, we'll have to see how that works out. 
Um, Trey, I know you're on a bit of a time limit here, so I will let you go into your third and final buy here and now. Sweet. My third and final buy is Daniel Jones. I'm not like overly confident on like Daniel Jones, but I do like the fact that this is probably his last shot, you know, with the Giants. He, this is his third year. And he hasn't looked all that well, so I expect the Giants to surround him with a lot of wide receiver talent. He, he has Saquon Barkley coming back. You know, Evan Ingram is talented. I still have faith in him. So I think if they do bring in a couple wide receivers, which I hope they do. I haven't looked at their cap situation, but I hope they have enough space to maybe bring in possibly Juju or something like that. I think that will only help Daniel Jones. And the dynasty community is crapping on him right now. I think he um, has a lot of high upside I mean, he's still super young, and, I mean, he has that job pretty much secured right now with no one else really around him. So uh, I'd be looking to buy Daniel Jones right now. In uh, favor of your argument in the fantasy aspect of it, he is a good runner as well, and uh, that kind of goes forgotten. And running quarterbacks give you that that baseline um, in super flex leagues. If you could buy him for cheap, you know, you could do worse than Daniel Jones at your uh, – quarterback two or three position there. Chris, how do you feel about Daniel Jones? Uh, Danny Dimes, is he's, he's good in my book. I've always uh, kind of looked at Danny Dimes and Sam Darnold in the same light. I made a mistake a couple months ago. I thought they were in the same draft class, but Daniel Jones is one year older than Sam Darnold. And I'm with Trey here. I believe he's going to get another shot. It's going to be in the 2021 season. And again, another guy who you can get for nothing, but if he hits, if he pops, uh, you're going to be okay, especially in super flex leagues, because nowadays that's all it is. IDP is kind of Mm-hmm. Nobody's really talking about it. Uh, standard scoring is like a dinosaur, right? Nobody who plays in standard scoring leagues anymore. It's PPR superflex leagues. That people are getting away from kicker, DSTs. Every it's just superflex, two quarterbacks. And in a, a two quarterback league, Daniel Jones is a fantastic complementary piece mm-hmm. on your team. Let's say in your draft you grab, uh, give me a give me a stud quarterback. Anybody, name some. Pat Mahomes. Let's say you drafted Pat Mahomes 101, and you're good. You can wait until uh, fourth or fifth round in a super flex to draft a quarterback. I'd be more than happy with Pat Mahomes and Danny Dimes as both my quarterbacks uh, on, a, on a long-term dynasty team, even in a redraft league. Daniel Jones is definitely a buy uh, for me, too. Again, uh, he's been given every chance in the world, and we see – I, I think people, the Giants and everybody like us are just hanging on because we see it. You know, he has what it, what it takes, but uh, when is he going to take that next step? I firmly believe it's going to be this coming season. So, yes, I am buying Daniel Jones. Interesting. Interesting. I like it. I especially like it if they invest more in the offense and Saquon stays healthy. Um, so, yeah, I like the points. Um, I'm going to head into my uh, second buy. Billy and I only have two buys so that you guys could have three and we could have a nice little run here. So, um my second buy here is a guy that I mentioned on the podcast with uh, when Trey was on uh, the other week. I tweeted about it. I know Billy liked that tweet about it yesterday. Um, and it's a guy where I'm disappointed because he's doing really well in the playoffs right now, and it's only driving up his value. Um, so 
right now, I am making the effort to buy uh, Mecole Hardman for the Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver, um, specifically Pat Mahomes. By the way, bye, Trey, at FF Superflex Guru on Twitter. Uh, follow hey, him later, guys. Thanks and for check him out there. No problem, Trey. Um, buying McCall Hardman because, number one, he is tied to the best quarterback in football, the most talented uh, deep ball, th- most talented quarterback, period, uh, in Pat Mahomes. Number two, uh, Sammy Watkins is a free agent, and Demarcus Robinson are both free agents. They are two guys that consistently run ahead of McCall Hardman in rotations. Um, the problem that you would bring up probably with McCall Hardman is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are basically the first, second, third, and fourth reads in the offense. Um, but at the same time, and then, you know, I, I do uh, progress next season or expect next season to be better for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and the running game. So that's a point against McCall Hardman. But I think next year, he's a former second round pick for a reason. I think next year he will in his third season, which is a season that really starts to click for wide receivers. I think next season is the year that McCall Hardman really enters that consistent wide receiver two role. And if he does for Pat Mahomes with the speed he has, he has immense upside uh, as a potential top 20 wide receiver. So um, that was my kind of hope for this year. Then they signed Sammy Watkins and uh, DeMarcus. Well, no, they kept Sammy Watkins and they signed DeMarcus Robinson again. So uh, it wasn't the best situation for me as a McCall Hardman truther. I held on to him for the year, though, because I have hope for him to enter that situation again this year. And I expect it to happen. Um, Bill, I'll ask the man who liked my tweet. Um, what are your thoughts on McCall Harden in long term? I mean, I like anybody type of Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> I feel like his ADP, though, is going to be a little bit too high for my liking, though. Um, I feel like wide receiver is a position where, you, where uh, especially in Dynasty, I kind of like the older guys a little bit because they kind of go a little bit undervalued and stuff like that. And if you give me, like, a toss-up, like – for example, like Nelson Aguilar, man, like I'll, hot take. I'd rather have Nelson Aguilar than McCall Hardman. Ooh, that is, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not vibing with, with you. that. I'm messing with you. I <laughs> I I hope so. Maybe in like a season long league, but not in dynasty. Uh, I'm glad. I'm sorry for any of you that had to hear that and then maybe <laughs> locked off real quick because you were just listening to the blasphemy. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, McCall Hardman? Well, when it comes to a guy like Hardman or even, as Billy said, uh, uh, what the heck, uh, Aguilar, it's all relative. Where where are you going to get him? Am I going to go out of my way uh, to draft him in certain spots? Probably not. Am I, you know, uh, highlighting his name on my draft sheet? Absolutely. And again, when I say relative, I mean, where am I at in my draft or where is my team headed, you know, in the offseason in terms of adding or, you know, making moves here? I'd absolutely love to add uh, McCall Hardman. He's a fantastic kind of punt play on a weekly basis for DFS formats. Sorry, I keep mentioning I'm just so predisposed to DFS, but it's it has some uh 
some substantial kind of legs here with this, you know, DFS and in overall seasonal formats. But buying McCall Hardman, yes, in a trade, absolutely. Where am I going to draft him? Uh, again, I don't go into a draft wanting to draft Hardman, but I'll see where it, where it goes. I could absolutely 100% buy McCall Hardman. I, uh, I'm glad I could sway you on that one instead of the the other idea uh, that was on the table for me. Bill, I'll have you finish this one out here with your second Dynasty buy, and then actually not finish it out because we got one more for Chris, and then uh, then we'll be done. But Bill? Yep. Um, my Dynasty buy here is going to be LaVisca Chenault Jr., a.k.a. Visca Honcho. That's what I like to call him. Uh, there was a lot of hype coming into his rookie campaign in 2020. He showed some glances but struggled with consistency overall. Um, I think this team is going to get a massive quarterback upgrade. Hopefully it's uh, Trevor Lawrence. We're hoping, we're praying, we're praying. Um, it's a great buy low window, I feel like, for this offense because I feel like when we get into August, a lot of people are going to be talking about the Jaguars' offensive pieces like James Robinson, DJ Chark. Um, what's that one dude's name? Colin Johnson. 6'6", mm -hmm. six, six, dude. Red zone yeah. target guy. Um, but there's some vacated targets leaving this team like D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley. Their contracts are up. Um, the Jaguars' depth chart isn't really too deep. Uh, he finished second on the team receptions. And I think the overall offense of this team's production is going to go up. And I kind of want to buy low before people get, uh, you know, once they see the jersey with Trevor Lawrence and the hype and him on ESPN and stuff like that, that's when people are going to start buying into the Jags' offense, not in these winter months like March april and stuff like that during the combine and stuff like that um, right you told me there's not a combine this year right yeah there isn't yeah it's crazy man um i did see a uh startup mock i don't know if it was a mock or an actual draft but recently on twitter where trevor lawrence was the second quarterback off the board so there there's some hype about it um i'd don't know why that hasn't translated into people wanting to buy guys like LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark yet. Uh, Chris, do you have a, a thought here? Yeah, Visca is fantastic. I love everything about this kid. And we we haven't seen anything yet in terms of what he can do on the field and, and where they're going to move. They can move him around. Like he can play, you know, he can take a handoff. They can pitch it out to him. He can run a slant. He can run the deep ball. I believe the kid is like 6'3" right? He, he's, he's big, he's tall, mm -hmm. he's thin, he's fast. He, he, he's the proverbial Swiss army knife, as people love to say. Now, in terms of, in comparison to like baseball, multi-position eligibility is fantastic. And Lovishka is the same thing on a football field. So I'm absolutely 100% buying Lovishka Chanel Jr. I feel, I like it. I like it a lot. I did like him a bit more than the uh, consensus did pre-draft. So I like that we can uh, have this conversation about a year later. Chris, you want to round us out here with a nice buy at the quarterback position? Yeah, I'll be quick and easy here. It's Ryan Tannehill, the Tennessee Titans quarterback. Uh, this year, this past season, he finished as quarterback uh, seven. Let me give you a couple stats. Uh, 2,294 completed air yards, which is different than obviously uh, regular yards. Air yards, you know, 
like let's say uh, the a guy they pitch yeah through the air they pitch it to him one yard and he takes off it's different so though we're talking deep balls AJ Brown baby big buy here but that was the ninth most at the quarterback position only quarterback with fewer than 500 pass attempts to make it into the top 10 in quarterbacks here he had a career best seven rushing touchdowns in the way that that offensive coordinator Arthur Smith his scheme they've really maximized the play action for Tannehill because he's so athletic he can run if they remember all those times you know Brady is you know 50 years old but on the one yard the fourth and goal on the one yard line or fourth down you know in their own territory they'll let Brady take it because you know he can get that they'll see parts and these guys get in they were starting to let Tannehill do the same thing and look at what he's got come AJ Brown John Smith and Derrick Henry is unbelievably good at running back that always helps a quarterback here but the only question is uh what's going on with Corey Davis is he going to come back is he going to be a Detroit Lion fingers crossed there but any way you slice it Ryan Tannehill is a top 10 quarterback and again just another guy nobody cares about nobody talks about but he's a very solid under the radar move to make by buying Ryan Tannehill yeah I uh I was in a position where I was on the verge of buying him for like a low end first round pick. And I was very happy to do that in a, in a dynasty league. Sadly, I couldn't do it because he didn't have quarterback depth beyond Tannehill, but um, that's, that's a price that I'd be willing to pay. Billy thoughts on Tannehill. Yeah, I'm a fan of Tannehill. Um, I think AJ Brown, more importantly, I almost put him on my list, Um, but I felt like that was too easy of a one. So if I guess if I'm buying A.J. Brown, I guess I'm buying Ryan Tannehill also as well. Um, one thing about Ryan Tannehill um, that a lot of people don't really realize is um, he has a pretty good rushing floor. Yeah, definitely is. Chris mentioned with the seven rushing touchdowns, but when it comes with the yards too, uh, there's a lot to like about Tannehill. It's easy to run on the read option uh, when you're semi-athletic and you have Derrick Henry at running back. So only stands to help. And that'll round out our Dynasty Buys episode. Uh, just a little review. Trey is buying A.J. Dillon, Tyler Higby, and Daniel Jones. Chris buying Ezekiel Elliott, Rashad Penny, and as you see on the screen, Ryan Tannehill. Bill buying Joe Mixon, LaVisca Chenault. Rob, who is me, uh, buying Nicole Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, shout out to Trey at FF Superflex Guru for coming on to the pod today. Again, um, enjoyed having him. And Chris, we enjoyed having you at FF, or not FF, Detroit Beastie on Twitter. Um, anything to say to the people? Anything you want to shout out on your Twitter? Yeah, shout out to both you guys, Rob and, and Billy getting bills, oh, as, as we all know them, as I call them. Thanks for having me on. Always a great conversation. Uh, forgive the, the technical difficulties at the start of things. Yeah, no but worries. again, when I use my computer, it morphs me into uh, Blake, Blake Griffin. So. Blake Griffin mode here. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, you can find me at Detroit Beastie, a uh, hockey. Uh, DFS is huge for me. Love, love playing it, love writing about it. And every day at about 10 or 11 in the morning Eastern time, hot pucking stacks is out. It's out now. I post several sample lineups all day, every day. So thanks for having me on and uh, great time. Sure thing. Anytime, Chris. And then Bill, at Getting Bills on Twitter. Uh, you yeah, always Rob, got the DFS really stuff got going on. Yeah, really no problem. It. I feel that. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Force FB. Follow the show at Dynasty Force Podcast. 
check us out on YouTube Dynasty, or I'm sorry, follow the show at Dynasty Force Pod. Check out our YouTube Dynasty Force Podcast, and um, yeah, check us out on all major streaming platforms. If you aren't listening already, thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll catch you next week for the Dynasty Force Podcast. Bye.